What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150, tough this smart, can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024, pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024, cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. What's up, you guys? Welcome to the December 20th edition of the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher. Get ready to talk all the injuries north of the border, and we'll talk a little, little bit about what we learned on Thursday, what we learned on Wednesday, maybe some Tuesday stuff, some injuries. Poor DeAndre Aids hurt already. Whole lot going on here, and uh, yeah, really fun Thursday. Great, great national TV games too. So I know a lot of people. Don't watch all the league pass, but yeah, great great games with the Bucks getting the home win and what a Rockets win, man. That game was just unreal. We'll talk about that and really Westbrook is clicking is really the headline there. Paul George has been great too. But we really gotta start, especially for people looking to make ads, and this is why I kinda wanted to record this early. I'm recording it just as inside the NBA is on. Well, Chance the Rapper is talking. Shout out to Coloring Brook and the Big Day. I like those albums. But um yeah, so let's just break this down here. If you missed, you you didn't miss it. Uh, Marcus Saul's out indefinitely. Norman Powell's out indefinitely. We kind of knew that, but um, late in the fourth or midway through the fourth, there was like a weird fall with Siakam and Drummond. Siakam got up weird. Turns out he has quote unquote a stretched groin. So we don't know what that means, but he's going to be evaluated in weeks, quote unquote. Uh, he's out indefinitely. Not much other details given besides that. So. We don't know if this is an adductor strain or whatever it is, but it sounds like he's going to be out at least, you would guess, like five or six or seven games, maybe more. Hopefully not all-star break. It's obviously terrifying news for Siakam, who's just been otherworldly. I think he's 17th in usage rate. Uh, everything's up this year for him. Just total total all-star through and through um, to make the Raptors one of the best teams in the East. So just massive, massive, massive opportunities to to add people uh, with, again, three key rotation pieces, including their number one guy, and then basically their number five-ish, maybe four-ish, and seventh, eighth-ish guy when uh, Norman Powell comes, I'm sorry, when Fred Van Vliet comes back, which could be as soon as today. So uh, if you're looking to make ads, I think there's really one ad you have to make, and if you know me, you probably know who it is. It's the Swatter Boy, a.k.a. Slim Duck. That's Chris Boucher. It's an uninitiated. Uh, his stats are down. He's only at 2.1 blocks per 36 this year when he was quote-unquote bad. Sorry, I've been saying quote-unquote a lot, so sorry about that. But um, you have to add him, man. Like, Just think about his upside last year. Think about how he plays the four, plays the five. They want him to play the three as well. Guess what positions they need right now? Uh, three, four, and five. OG's going to play the four. I'll get to him in a second, but... Um, Boucher really is the most Siakam-like impact player they have on that roster. And he was already getting minutes at the four, at the five anyways with the Casal injury. Uh, and I mentioned it in my column today that Rondé even saw some minutes at the five, like almost two minutes at the five, which is still against the Pistons. That's kind of interesting. Um, so there's that. Uh, he also played next to Pascal for a 4-5 combo, so that's opening up for Boucher now. Um, and then, yeah, obviously... Um, he's going to be big. Serge Ibaka is not going to play 31 minutes every night. Um, so, yeah, I think he's at worst. Like, I'd be stunned if he's under 18 minutes per game. Like, that would be like, oh, my God. Like, I don't want to do with myself bad. 
But uh, even still, like, I think that he could still be a guy who has value. Like, you know, he was bad, like I said, and that's still, you're looking at, like, 1.2 blocks. So you're already in a conversation if he shoots the ball well, and he's, like, 13 rebounds per 36. So, yeah, like, I don't know who your worst player on your roster is, but you have to. You have to drop him to, for Chris Boucher, um, given with how much loss of... Uh, how much there is here. So that's really the number one takeaway here. The number two takeaway for me, I'll get to the other ads in a second, is is Lowry going to get traded now? Uh, you know, you, you, we always hear Zach Lowe pretty much since August, uh, I want to say, maybe even earlier than that, um, that Lowry could be on the block depending on how well the Raptors play. So if they start losing games in a hurry, and I mean, they might. They do have a... Uh, by the way, they get the freaking Wizards today. So, oh my God, the, the amount of value that is just unearthed um, and really the tastiest DFS matchup is insane. So I'll get to that in a second too. But um, anyways, yeah, so like you got to be ner- nervous about Lowry. So there's, um, you got to think about like, I think Lowry would be fine wherever he goes and hopefully they die with minutes back because they can't afford to play him this much. Maybe that's another thing too. But Lowry's nightly upside is going to be really good. Um so you're going to keep rolling him. Again, like, taking Siakam out of the mix, I haven't looked it up, but you would just assume he's going to be a bigger factor. Fred Van Vliet will probably be a little bit limited, so it's going to be old-school Kyle Lowry, probably big volume at the uh, at the free-throw line, um, you know, shooting threes, all this and that. So, um, you know, he's had pretty good on-ball, ball-handling time, touch-time possession kind of stuff. So, yeah, Lowry's numbers should be pretty good in the short term as they're kind of fighting for their life. Um, so obviously Fred Van Vliet, like who was pretty much first round value prior to his injury, he's going to beast it. Like, I don't know how anyone would think you could try to buy low on him, but maybe you can try to, uh, cause I think he's just going to be tremendous. He's shown, uh, he could just do so many things in the stat sheet, shoot the ball a lot better, getting into the rim more, all this and that. So things we just love to see from him. Um, and then Serge Ibaka is the other easy takeaway here. Like, you don't need to really explain that. So, OG Ananobi is going to play a lot of four, and Norman Powell is really eating into him. Uh, we saw this when Van Vliet and Lauer were healthy for that brief time. No, OG was trending down because uh, we saw Powell get hot, and when they were trailing in games or Powell was hot, OG would sit, and they'd go with Siakam for Gasol, and um, Gasol or uh, Surge as a five, so that cut into him. So that's obviously like jackpot OG is definitely a, a big takeaway. I can't imagine he's anywhere on any waiver wires, but fix that for sure. Like uh, over over Boucher, like I don't know how. Anyways, you guys are you guys know the deal. So that's something to see. So after that, so really after the Surge, uh, Van Vliet, Lowry, and OG. Like, it's going to, and I, I still think Boucher, and just, Boucher isn't, like, a locked in, like I said, like, maybe he plays upper teens, but his upside's just too good to leave him on the wire, so you add upside, that's that's the moral story. So after that, you're looking at, like, really a combination of a number of guys. I think the first guy you start with is Ronda Hollis-Shepherson for pickups. Uh, he's played well. You want you want position flexibility. Ronda has that. He's played, like I said, he played the five on Wednesday. He's playing the three. He's playing the four. You know, he could pass. He can guard a lot of positions. We saw him when he was at his best, when he wasn't hurt with the Nets. He can really do a lot of things as far as facilitating offense and passing out of posts and all these good things. So, yeah, Rondé's the guy I would definitely add after that. Uh, then you're probably looking at Terrence Davis the second, who's been really good. He's going to play off ball a lot. Uh, again, there's just so much open space. Uh, Patrick McCaw is just so uninspiring with his permanent uh, output. I think he's like... 
five three and three per 36 with like one steal so he has to up that he will up it just because again taking siakam out of the mix uh there will be a lot more usage to go around so I definitely think he's worth an add in like 16 teamers. Again, back, uh, they don't have a back to back, excuse me. So, like, you know, add him Friday, see what happens if you're in a deep league. Um, and yeah, see how it goes. Like, McCall, you know, he had, he has some flashes in him. Uh, the Golden State days, I was a big McGod guy. Um, uh, his rookie season when everyone thought he was going to be a real steal, uh, had some good summer league run too. So he has it in him. Um, had some injuries derail him, but. Yeah, I think that McCaw is a guy to add. Uh, after that, you're you know you're kind of all over the place. I added Dewan Hernandez in, in one of my thirty man leagues. Uh, see if he can possibly get minutes. And maybe they, like I said, maybe they place uh, Boucher more of a four um, to really not disrupt their defense with all that length. Um, Boucher is actually a pretty decent perimeter defender from as far as I for as how like kind of raw he is. I feel like he's still an option that they could use out on an island against stretch fours. Uh, you find him a lot of times uh, out there uh, in corners and so on. He's just so long and recovers so well that he could really play in that mold. But, you know, they, again, if you saw him in summer league, they ran a lot of stuff through him. So back to Boucher real quick. Like he has summer league. I always talk about summer league. You can kind of see how high their ceiling could go, how many roles they could play. And that's kind of why I think Boucher is just like such an ad that you you have to have to add him. Like I know people probably at me if like he flops, but like just you just play the waiver wire, you play for upside. That's all it is. So um, like I I know people ask like good players, like good players I would not drop on my roster just because I play deeper. But like if that's your worst player, that's what you do. Like I said in the column yesterday, if do you think just kind of generally if your worst player is like that much worse than even your second or even your third worst player, add the upside, you know? Like, who cares? Like, there's going to be somebody of that caliber you're going to be able to add anyways. So, you know, I just kind of think like that. And, I like, my other thing, too, is, like, if you think someone's going to use a top three waiver on a guy, then maybe hold them. But, you know, if you're adding, like, on the flip side of that, like, oh, my God, Chris Chris Boucher's in the wire. Everyone in fantasy is saying add him. Like, clock is ticking, clock is ticking, then, you, you know, you do it. So, anyways... Uh, I definitely wanted to focus on that. So, like I said, like it's going to be ridiculous <laughs> how much value there is for the Raptors for uh, DFS on Friday. Like it's seriously like anybody I just mentioned is like straight shock, <laughs> like hardcore um, with how ridiculous the Wizards are at giving up points and just how fast they play. It's just it's like such fantasy goodness. You could like legit play four Raptors, five Raptors tomorrow if you can on some sites. So, um, yeah, it's going to be pretty fun. Okay, so let's talk about... Let's start with Thursday with just some other things we kind of learned over the course of the four-game slate. Uh, Let's start with... Actually, this is really the other big story here, too. uh, I thought, um, excluding the Raptors thing, was starting Hunter at the four to open up Cam Reddish at the three with Herter at the two, Bruno at the one, and then obviously... I'm sorry, yeah, Bruno at the five. Sorry about that. And then Trey... At the one, like Trey's gonna get minutes. You know, this played forty one in regu- in regulation. Like Trey's gonna beast it. He shot the ball considerably better with Collins on the floor last year. So like, yeah, maybe he takes a usage hit, but like, who cares? Like, when guys are getting thirty usage rates plus, you rather almost would trade off the efficiency. Plus, I mean, Collins is gonna be highly, highly assisted. So Trey's like again, Trey's zero, zero drop off when Collins comes back on Monday. Um, so I think that this whole like Bruno Fernando thing is almost like 
kind of with Frank Kaminsky with the Suns, right? Like, oh my, okay, Baines is back. He was great in the starting lineup, but we have Aiton coming. So let's try to warm up Baines to the second unit, get him familiar with coming off the bench, guarding second unit, guarding second unit guys, not playing with as the caliber level of players of the Devin Bookers and Rubios and so on that you know may get him easier shots. So I think it's kind of the same thing here with Jabari Parker and Alex Lynn, who's going to stick on the bench and all that stuff. And I thought what was a bigger tip, too, was in, after just a minute, like 45 seconds, DeAndre Hunter picked up his second foul, checked out, and it was actually DeAndre Bembry who checked in for him. So, you know, you would think, Hunter, power forward now, so you would check in with Jabari Parker, right? Nah, so I think they're really trying to incorporate Parker in that six-man-ish kind of role. And so I was kind of the one of the, like, okay, hold on to Parker as long as you can kind of a guy. But I've really backed off on that now because, don't forget, preseason, Trey, Collins, 35 minutes, Herder, Reddish, Hunter, 30 minutes. So that's not a lot left on the bone. But um, Parker played a lot of five, and he played a lot of five against Rudy Gobert. So, like, there's two ways to look at that. One... Honestly, like Collins seriously may play straight five, so that could really help Parker get to 24, 25 ish minutes on like a good day or on a, a great, like almost like everything worked out for him today with, with the Hunter foul trouble and everything. So don't like look too much into this 23 point game. Uh, he was great, by the way. Um, just want to throw that out there, but I actually cut him in like pretty much every league to add Boucher yesterday, uh, and I have quite a, quite a lot of Parker. Um, but yeah, like I said, his upside's capped hard. Uh, and he was, you know, hanging around top 120 value the last, like, five or six games, I want to say. So he was clearly trending down. Um, did have a little bit of an ankle issue. But um, yeah, like I said, Parker's a little bit of a drop. And like I was trying to say, he can really check in for anybody if he's playing minutes at the five because so many of these guys are interchangeable. Herder plays really one through three. We saw Reddish play some four today, uh, Thursday. Um, Hunter's playing the four now. He can play the three. He guards one through four. There's just so much interchangeable parts here that I could still see Jabari having value. But, like I said, I'd rather just catch somebody on the upswing uh, in, in Boucher. And, like, I wouldn't drop him for, like, nobody, you know. But just with this Raptors thing opening up, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's somebody that you would add. Like, I'd probably maybe add... I'd probably keep Parker over maybe Rondé. But um, it's close. Um because we'll see what happens on on Friday. Uh, again, a lot of a lot of injuries going on right now, so I thought that was a big takeaway. I thought Cam Reddish played well too. So you know, definitely, um, really that next crop. Like if you missed out on some of the other younger stashes, like um, like I'd, I'd take him probably over like Kevin Porter Jr. or Lonnie Walker or somebody like that. Like I, I thought he played really well. And I think playing in this new style with small ball fours could really help his game too. He played on ball a lot too. Like they were really trapping Trey and keeping Trey out of the paint. So um, Reddish played on ball more, much more than I've usually seen him play. So um, um, yeah, big day for Reddish. Uh, don't worry about Hunter. Kevin Herter, hardcore trend up, played point guard. This new rotation should help him a bunch. So uh, Herter's really the, the must-add guy um, if he's somehow on the waiver wire. Uh, again, mainstream game. Uh, Anthony Davis was supposed to be limited. Played the whole second half, 43 minutes, 36 and 10. Like, you don't need to really say anything. Uh, light games coming up here. They play on Sunday, then they play on Wednesday against the Clippers for Christmas Day. That should be a fun game against Denver, by the way. Um, I'm going to have to probably watch that on tape delay. I got a lot of, I got three fantasy finals, yo, so I'm super pumped about that. Uh, hopefully, I can 
win some uh, some monopoly money. <laughs> but um, yeah, back to this. So not a whole lot going on here. Like we know that AD and LeBron are going to feast, and then it's kind of garbage. Like Danny Green had a good game. Uh, they ran the old Spurs hammer, and I love this. Like Danny Green and the hammer play. One day I'm going to like track how many hammer threes he has hit. Basically, what a hammer play is if you're not familiar. So say you're on the left side of the court, guy dribbles up or passes it to the left side of the corner, low block, kicks out to the right corner for three or reverse, you know, right, right wingish area along the ba- along the baseline and just whips along the baseline um, to hit the other guy down the corner. That's a, basically what a hammer play is. So, anyways, um, yeah, uh, Green's gonna be hit or miss. Like he makes threes, definitely kind of there. But after that, like I want nothing to do with Rondo. Not really feeling Avery Bradley despite the big minutes. So. Uh, can't really trust McGee. Can't really trust Howard on a consistent basis with Anthony Davis playing some more five. And keep in mind, this is with Kyle Kuzma out too. So um, it's really just tough to trust anyone. I don't like Kuzma either. Like I feel like Kuzma's a pretty easy drop. Uh, Bucks wise, Dante Divincenzo's way under owned right now. Not scoring a whole lot, but just and we mentioned like the first pod I mentioned when it was Dante Divincenzo season uh, back when Middleton went down. Uh, I will. I made some mistakes, but I will pit myself for this one. Um, DiVincenzo had the steal upside, and guess what? He does. He has almost two steals per game in his 13 starts now. So, yeah, like if a guy's hitting two steals with other stuff, you'll eat the scoring, man. So, um, DiVincenzo is insanely under owned right now. Um, he's just earning minutes so good. He's just totally embraced the identity of this team. So, um, big ad there. Brooke Lopez has been great. Um, George Hill has been really good. He should be pretty solid. Um, you know, you got a couple weeks on him. I still think he's going to be pretty valuable, but it kind of is what it is. Uh, man, poor David Nwaba. <sighs> poor, poor man. Oh, he was playing so well. Like it's just, it's so nice to see guys out of the rotation play well and get in the rotation, but tore his Achilles it, real bad right off the bat. We kind of knew it, but, um, yeah, I hate that, man. The Nwaba is just such an easy guy to cheer for, man. Just a guy who was, if you play D, you know, DFS or you're hardcore in the games, like, that Leo with the Lakers, like he came out of the blue and just like was balling. He was on my thirty deep team too, and I won the title, so I uh, always got love for him. But um, yeah, it sucks. Really, not a lot of fantasy takeaways. Like Wilson Chandler play a little bit more. I think Karis LeVert's getting close. Theo Pinson may actually insert right into that minutes role, so maybe that's something to watch. Rodion's Kurutz as well. But uh, Jared Allen was great. You know, he's really hit the hit his stride. Uh, as long as he's not going against like Drummond or Embiid or somebody like that, uh, I really like what he has to do. And, yeah, Spencer Dinwiddie was a ridiculous monster. Had a career-high in usage rate, career-high 41 points. Just domination. Didn't get any help besides Jared Allen. So, yeah, um, we know Dinwiddie's just, he's just so good, man. He's scoring, like, upper 20s with a lot of goodies on good efficiency this month. Um, Like, all-star, dude? (laughs) I mean, he's been so freaking good. Um, What a bargain of a contract for the Nets, too. Uh, Spurs, so... And I've been talking about this kind of in tweets and on guest pods and on this pod and a lot of things. But the Spurs are playing a lot more small ball four. And I thought that Marco Bellinelli starting at the four was interesting because it it was matchup too. And I said this um, with Ryan last week. I was like, yeah, I think we're kind of learning here that Pop is going with small ball fours in the right matchups. Tareem Prince, he's a small ball four. That means he was more open to it. Look Look at the minutes. 11 minutes for Lyles, no Pirtle power forward minutes, 14 minutes for Rudy Gay. So you're talking 23 minutes of small ball fours right there, like just off rough math. So that's what I'm saying. Like Lonnie Walker, man, plus 25 again 
Um, 14 minutes. They crushed when he was out there. Had a team high net rating in the last five games among the guys who played in all five of those games. Like, just play this dude, man. Uh, so uh, I'm rooting for Lonnie Walker. Um, you know, play him on Saturday if you want. Hopefully he clicks uh, against. That's the um, Houston game. No, 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 Clippers. Sorry. Um, with with or without Kawhi, so I think that's a good game for him. We've seen Bryn Forbes minutes trend down. Good stuff. Patty Mills has had two monster games. Uh, with this one and a 26-pointer against Phoenix. So, um, yeah, it's kind of just is what it is. You really can't trust him on a night-in, night-out basis. You just got to get him when he's hot. Uh, Derek White played pretty well, but really no overlap with DeJounte Murray. And, oh, my God, DeJounte Murray, man, he has been. So many people were trying to ask me to drop him, and, like, I don't know how you do that. So, hopefully you didn't. Uh, last five, he's basically been a top 20 player. 13, 6, and 4. 2.6 steals explains the high value right there. Uh, even .6 blocks, 56% from the field, 83% from the line, 27 per. That's what we drafted. Um, more than what we drafted uh, with the 2.6 steals. We were hoping he would be around 2 steals per game. So, yeah, man. Um, you got to feel really, really good if you weathered the storm on DeJounte. Like, that's... So what's up, man? So I think we're prob- we're going to probably run into a couple bumps just because really the lack of shooting. But he's been really good on ball for defense, and we knew this. He's actually handled the ball a lot more. I feel like I don't have the stats on it. But he just looks so much more comfortable just getting to the rim at will, you know, shooting with confidence, um, passing out of double teams correctly, passing out of just hitting the open guy. Like, it's just it's just such a good thing to see. And um, if you, I wrote a rare blur, I wrote an Undertaker.gif Rotor World blurb five days ago, and like that was like perfect. Like he totally Undertaker.gifted it five games ago, and here we are five games later. He's still balling. So, um, SummerSlam for Dejounte. Um, so that kind of covers that. We kind of know what it is, what it is on um, DeRozan and Lamarcus. Obviously, big game for Lamarcus with the four blocks. Uh, Houston, I mentioned, dude. Russell Westbrook, like, we bash Westbrook all the time, man. And, oh, my God, he looks amazing. So, over the last six games, he has been just feasting inside. He's at 92% from the line uh, at 7.4 per. Uh, 49% of his shots are at the rim. That's great numbers. Um, coming into this before this 40-point game, he was at 27-8-7, two steals uh, on 53% from the field and then 90% from the line. Like, oh my God, like this is this is the this is the Westbrook that you hoped you were drafting right now. So, uh, I mean, I guess you have to say so high just because he's been so insane um, and hitting this 90% at the line. Uh, we don't know how sustainable that is, but like, oh, boof, just just as hot as you could imagine Westbrook being with James Harden out there. Um, and we kind of knew his usage was going to be good, and it kind of has. It's just that all those big, inefficient games really pulled him down, especially in 9-cat. But, um, yeah, and also great stat from Jonathan Fagan. Last rocket besides Harden with 40 is Kevin Martin in his funky funky jumper. Uh, Kevin Martin, very valuable fantasy player when he wasn't hurt, by the way, for those of you who are old enough to remember Okay, okay, Boomer Mike. Um, besides that, uh, I think Daniel House really looked good on defense. Um, you know, had a couple real nice passes, matched his career high five assists. Uh, so Daniel House getting dropped in a lot of leagues. I think it's time to pick him back up. Um, 
Loved him playing late. We know they play a lot of small ball four. They play, I'm sorry, a lot of small ball five, I should say, with P.J. Tucker. Uh, I was surprised to see Tan, uh, Tyson Chandler even get minutes in the fourth. But, yeah, it looks like Daniel House is kind of building that momentum back. I don't know if he'll be as good as he was earlier when he was, like, top 50. But, yeah, you're obviously feeling pretty good uh, about Daniel House. Clippers-wise, Paul George is on fire this month. Um, so, yeah, we kind of knew this. We'll, I'd like to see him play in the back-to-back. They get San Antonio and OKC, so they get the back-to-back revenge game for their two stars. That's kind of fun. Um, Pat Beverly got ejected. We saw Landry Shamet get some minutes, so kind of a sneaky stream. Um, if you're looking looking for a Saturday Sunday streamer, take a look at Landry Shamet. You know, um, you know, wasn't really good uh, before the Paul George injury, before he hurt his ankle, but yeah, this guy can shoot. Um, so I, th- I think that Shamet who really stepped up with Lou Williams getting injected. He would be a guy I'd probably look to first who's pretty available in a lot of leagues right now. Uh, okay, so let's talk a little bit about Wednesday. Uh, I don't want to spend too much here. So it's pretty late. <laughs> like I said, I'm recording after the Inside the NBA, but hey, uh, I want to get this information out for you guys. So Charlotte, man, kind of a mess. We got uh, Malik Monk. He was... Uh, hurt in the first half, and then basically Dwayne Bacon stepped right into his minutes, no first half minutes, all 12 second half minutes. Uh, and then Cody Martin, um, which we kind of saw. Like, we've seen James Brago say a couple times, that like, okay, we want to, you know, play Cody Martin close to 30 minutes. That's the goal. And that's I think that's why they DMPCD'd Batum. So I don't know if that's going to continue, and it's not like you're really going to trust Cody Martin anyways because he doesn't score, and you're pretty much – he's kind of like – uh, Royce O'Neal, who I should have just mentioned. Actually, I passed over him on the Jazz. Uh, Royce O'Neal's legit, man. Like You don't really see guys playing minutes in the 30s all the time. Um, so, yeah, this guy can fill up on hustle stats here and there. So I do like Royce O'Neal as a little bit of a pickup. I don't really have interest in Manuel Moutier. Joe Ingles is ridiculously insane. I should have added that. He's just been so great uh, lately. But uh, back to the Hornets. So, yeah, just Cody Martin's kind of Royce O'Neal-y where the minutes could be there. I think he's better per minute than Neal is. Um, and the opportunity could be there, too, just because the Hornets aren't very good. Um, but And also, I should add, man, Miles Bridges has been really bad. And when he should have been really good after P.J. Washington got hurt. So, stick with Bridges. Um, we know that he's eventually not going to fade too bad. He's just, he's young, you know. He's got a lot of holes to his game. You know, he's made defensive mistakes. He's kind of going through the growing pains. We didn't think it'd be this many of them. So it is kind of rough, but, I mean, it's really tough to cut him. I don't, I'd hate to think about him being your worst player, but if he was, if you did feel in your heart of hearts he was your worst player, I, I don't hate cutting him with Boucher um, and just going from there. Because, I mean, if that's that's where you're at, I don't really think that, I mean, Bridges is going to have a real tough time stringing together games to be, you know, top 50 going forward. Um for the full season going forward. I do think late in the season, is that's why we drafted him. We drafted him late in the season to get hot. And when all these older dudes go away, like Zeller and Batum and Marvin and all that, um, I think things will open up for him. So I still do believe, but you know, I don't think he's like absolute must-hold if you're in a 10-teamer. Um, Cavs, I mentioned Kevin Porter's kind of a stash. Other than that, not much to talk about. Like You guys know that Kevin Love is really the most obvious trade candidate in the NBA right now. So, you know, dance and this and that. You, you guys know. You guys are smart. Um, Detroit, injuries, back-to-back coming up. So, Blake's probably out Friday. Um, too bad Christian Wood got hurt, man. So, a lot of people were concerned. I thought he just banged knees. Like, like he was driving, kind of curving, like 
kind of turning left, so his like legs were slanted, so his right knee kind of banged into his left knee. So I just thought that was it. So I didn't think there was any ligament damage. So hopefully it's just like day-to-day. Maybe he plays on Saturday. So I would still try to hold him if you can, especially now with Blake getting kind of managed. Because, um, man, he's, there's just so many ways he could just be a difference maker. Uh, I know I've said really all season, like, don't stash, overly stash. But, you know, I, I just really believe in Christian Wood. Uh, this guy's just such a stat machine. Like, he's pretty much like Boucher, but his role isn't quite there yet, and he's hurt. So uh, I would drop Wood for Boucher if that's not obvious. But, um, yeah, Luke Kennard also dinged up with that knee injury. He's probably going to get managed. So you're going to be looking at Langston Galloway as a back-to-back streamer. Uh, Bruce Brown's played pretty well over the last couple games. Had a good one, uh, what, two, three games ago. So it's something to watch there. Uh, moving on, I guess, to Chicago. We kind of know where they're at. They've really solidified their rotation. Um, Laurie Markkinen's playing better now, finally. Had a big 31-point game against the Wizards, guys. Like, again, the, the Raptors are going to be... Like, I can't even imagine what the ownership's going to be on these Raptors. But um, moving to the Wizards... Uh, it's funny. The Ra- the Wizards, they call their, their young center... Passesnik... Pa- uh, Passesniks. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce it. Passesniks. He, they call him AP like every time. <laughs> so, uh, it's like not the easiest name to pronounce. I don't even, I forgot how to spell his first name. Like it's, I learned how to spell his last name. Like in my job, you, all these weird names, it's hard to figure out. Like it takes a minute to learn them just because they're so unique, uh, which is cool. You know, I like learning the new things. Um, actually, interestingly, one thing that catches me every once in a while is how many different spellings of Terrence there are. Like Terrence Ferguson, Terrence Ross, Terrence Mann, uh, and uh, Terrence Davis. All those Terrences are spelled differently. <laughs> so uh, it's like the Brandon, Brandon, Brendan, like all those are two, and Kristen, Kirsten. Anyways, I'm going on a tangent again. But um, yeah, Pesesnik, I, I, I like him actually. Back to back, possible garbage time, although that's probably not as likely against the Raptors. So, dude, my Hemi's probably not playing. 20 minutes in both back-to-back games, man. So that's your dude right there. If you want to stream, I have him in mad leagues uh, where I'm, you know, have weekly caps. Uh, so yeah, 28 minutes. I thought he played really well off the bench. So yeah, dude, um, that's definitely probably the deep league du jour ad of the day uh, for this pod. Uh, snuck him in on the on the midweek waiver wire column. Total total off the board. Um, who again? Most people didn't know who that was um, two days ago. But yeah, uh, I'm I'm buying like pretty polished around the rim. He's gonna be pretty much six feet in, but has some moves to his game. So um, yeah, uh, again he's a pickup. I don't think Troy Brown Jr. is dead. They're gonna play a lot of small ball four. Davis Bertans is just insane, man. Uh, I feel like the Wizards could really get something for him in a trade. Uh, he does say he wants to stay there. I uh, should mention a lot of. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, Ish Smith, two point guard minutes, um, just because they need minutes. That's how thin they are right now. Uh, like Matthews is getting minutes. Uh, Admiral Schofield's playing a little bit of three, some four. So yeah, they're they're like in super dire straits. Bonga's playing some four. So yeah, uh, definitely keep an eye out for that. Moving on to what was really the big Wednesday game was Miami getting a road win uh, against Philly. First Philly loss at home. And my main point I made in my column for Thursday was, this is really the big question. I mean, it's, it's really stunning that Derek Jones Jr. 
is only owned in 10% of leagues. And I feel like that may be partly on us. Um, a lot of the Rotor World blurbs haven't been very pro airplane mode. Um, that's um, dis- I disagree. Like <laughs> not so much lately because he's been so so good. So like I could tell you how great airplane mode has been. Like check out the column; it, it's really good. Like his he's like plus twenty uh, net rating with Bam and Jimmy. Um, you know, things like 15 better net rating with just Bam alone compared to Bam without him. Uh, we saw Kelly Linux minutes dwindle to eight minutes. Not not outlandish to think Kelly Linux just goes away when Dragic and or Winslow come back. Um, Kendrick Nunn's playing like 40 minutes, or, you know, 35-ish minutes a game. Uh, Duncan Robinson's playing like 35 minutes a game. You know, Bam, Bam and Jimmy are playing like 40 minutes a game. Like all these dudes are playing mad minutes, man. Uh, Myers Leonard just played 29 minutes, so like there's just so many ways that I think airplane mode could hold value. And man, this guy like can be so good when he's on. Like he's such an elite steals guy. He blocks. He's hitting threes now. He you know we know the quote where he said he could shoot threes. He shot shot so many threes that his wrist hurt. But um yeah, I mean ever since that uh, since he returned uh, five games ago, 30.9 minutes, 13 points, four boards, 1.6 assists, 2.0 steals, 0.8 blocks, 1.2 trays, 56, 56% from the field. Like, dude, sign me up for that, man. So, um, I'm adding him. I hate to compare him to Chris Boucher. I'd probably still rather own Boucher over airplane mode just because his path is so clear right now. Boucher right now, but like Derek Jones Jr. has been such a huge staple in this rotation. Uh, I mentioned it. The last, the number two, the top two guys he's own, guarded in this stretch are LeBron and Trey Young. He's guarded uh, John Morant at times. He's guarded Anthony Davis at times. Like his defensive positional flexibility is ridiculous, and that's what Miami wants, man. That's their whole identity. That's why Bam is so good. He can guard so many guys. So Derek Jones Jr. being able to guard so many guys really just makes them who they are. So yeah man I, I just love 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 Derek Jones jr right now um even tower I would definitely over tower hero who's my guy you guys know that um you know I, he's not nearly in the Kendrick Nunn class but like I think I would probably own him over Duncan Robinson if that's crazy or not um like say you don't you're on pushing for threes but um Rob, Robinson's been no joke but he's just really a pure shooter but that's great um they really need that so this team is just like just total specialist man like you know, and it was funny. Like, oh, what do you think about uh, a one-star team? It's like, oh, Bam Adebayo, that's our one-star. Jimmy Butler said after that game, like that was just like, dude, oh my god, freaking Bam Adebayo. I, I don't even. I could do a whole pot on it, but I looked it up. The last five games, he's had he's played four full fourths, twelve minutes, eleven point seven minutes per fourth over the last five. Highest in the NBA among guys with more than one game over the last five games, like. He's just, dude, so ridiculous. And I know we talked about this two weeks ago. Like, would you rather have Bam or Jokic? And, like, Jokic has been great, but Bam has been so good, man. Like, he hit those two free throws to knock it down on the road. Like, it was, what's up, dude? Bam's Bam's just total easy. If he doesn't make the all-star team, I don't even know. Like, it's just mad disrespectful. Drew Dinkmeyer and I talked about that. A couple of pods ago, like people need to give the Heat more love. I think they've really stepped it up. Would have been nice if they beat Miami, but yeah, they're legit. Um, Sixers are really solidified. There's not much value to be had when this team is healthy, so uh, we could probably skip over that at the same time. Uh, Pelicans and Wolves. Ooh, let's start with Cat, man. Oh boy. 
so they're on a mad skid right now. This is not good. Uh, I, as a cat owner, and as a very much banging the cat number one drum, uh, so a lot of you guys probably own cat. I don't feel good right now for my cat shares. Uh, I have Gorgie Jang in each of those leagues. Um, this is pretty deep here, so we're not talking anywhere close to Boucher range. But, um, yeah, be careful here. They have a back-to-back -back set coming up. I feel like they may sit Cat in at least one of those games. Uh, he's banged up. They called it the tendopathy thing that we've seen Kawhi have. I don't, it's not obviously the same where it's degenerative like the Kawhi thing, according to Pop. But I'm nervous, man. Um, didn't practice today. So the Wolves are bad. This is bad, man. <laughs> like This is like Drew Holiday all over again uh, with how many losses this team is getting. But like they're not going to trade Cat unlike Drew Holiday. I'll get to Drew in a second. But yeah, dude, uh, I think you have to add Dang right now. Uh, or Jang, sorry. But the, the Wolves have just lost eight in a row. They're playing horribly on defense right now. They're in disarray. Robert Covington came off the bench because he was late for, quote, something, practice, or we don't know. But, um, dude, yeah, this is rough uh, for Cat. <laughs> so uh, that's really all you can do is just add Jang, and hopefully Cat isn't missing much more time. Um, just because them without Cat is just totally wrecked their identity as a team. They can't rebound. Uh, they don't have the perimeter, perimeter presence. They don't have an interior presence. Like, it's just Cat's really good. So, um, yeah, besides besides adding Jang, I don't really feel good about adding anybody else. Uh, Robert Covington will start the next one. Um, but, um, yeah, he, you know, I would prefer Jordan Bell after that over Noah Vonley. Uh, again, back-to-back, -back, so I feel like that's maybe where you would go. But, yeah, definitely add Jang for the back-to-back -back regardless. Um, I think that's kind of the obvious move. Um, but, yeah, after, after that, I mean, Teague should be, should be better, but he wasn't. Uh, Wiggins should be better, but he wasn't, so uh, kind of is what it is. I mentioned the Pelicans finally snapped that 13-game losing streak, but it they have, uh, man, after their Golden State game, they get some brutal games. Uh, I had mentioned it in, they're in Portland for the 23rd, Denver on Christmas, that's at Denver, <laughs> Pacers at home, maybe winnable, uh, Rockets December 29th, that's a loss. Uh, and then they're at Staples January 3rd against the Lakers. Like, if they lose all those games, man, that, that's that's rough, dude. So they probably are going to look at, you know, considering Drew Holiday trades, we've seen a lot of things pop up. We heard the whole Tyler Hero for Drew from Wayne Horace and uh, Gary Harris plus other stuff to the Nuggets. There's just a lot of stuff going on with Drew. And as a multiple Drew Holiday owner uh, and as a very much hashtag brand the Drew Holiday guy, I want you Holiday to get traded, man. Uh, I don't. He's again. He's a guy who doesn't need usage rate. He he does so many things. You just want him to get minutes, get his shots, score 15, 20 points per game, get his two steals, get his one block, get his five six assists, and you're looking at top twenty ish value right there. He's so efficient. Having good teammates around him won't hurt. You know the pace would have been nice in New Orleans, but. It's pretty clear that this team needs some work. Uh, the pushing back Zion's time has really derailed their whole plan. We know that David Griffin was really kind of going for it this year when they unloaded the Solomon Hill deal, basically to free up money for J.J. Redick. So that that was kind of their plan. But, hey, they still have wiggle room to get off that plan. So it was just masterfully done uh, in a bad situation. But, you know, keep an eye out for Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who's kind of fallen out of the rotation. 
Uh, he's a guy that he's definitely the guy to add. I still think Jackson Hayes, even if he gets you know 15 to 20 minutes per game, he's a guy I would still hold. Uh, we know Derek Favors is massive shutdown risk. I would still add Derek Favors, by the way, uh, if he's somehow on the waiver wire. But yeah, um, a whole lot going on here. Maybe they look to trade um, Josh Hart. Maybe even Lonzo. I don't know what they're gonna do. But there's a lot of ways this team can can shift things. So um, yeah, it's kind of open season for stashing guys. Kendrick Williams hasn't really panned out. So I assume you dropped him. All right, we can move on to talk a little OKC. Shea finally had a good game. It's really been way too long. So hopefully he can kind of keep it rolling. This is what we drafted, you know, multiple multiple steals, some blocks, um, good free throw shooting. So um, it, it just seems like Chris Paul's probably not getting traded, so it, it's going to be maybe tough for Shea to hit, like, what we had kind of hoped for. But um, we saw early in the season, you know, he can score. He held a bit of a rut. I think teams are guarding him differently. But he, he's super talented in how he can score, so I still think I still think he's definitely one of the best battle options out there. Um, Gallo, we saw some trade rumors from Zach Lowe saying that he could be dealt, expiring deal. So that also could help Shea. You know, Gallo is a pretty high-volume guy. Um, Darius Baisley would be a guy to watch there in that scenario. Uh, Steven Adams, too. But the Thunder are playing, you know, pretty well. They're a game under 500, playing well at home. So something there. Schroeder's playing great lately. He's had, um, in his last six or seven games, he's really hit his stride. So, um, you know, ride him always hot. Obviously, so hot. You're not, no one in your, if you're in any legit league, like, no one's going to be like, oh, yeah, I want to trade for Dennis Schroeder right now. So, yeah, it kind of is what it is there. Um, Grizzlies, man. So, probably have to start with Brandon Clark off the bat. I uh, had a career high 27 after 25 just a couple games ago. Has really clicked offensively. He was really one of the best, like, short range two non restricted players in the league. And he's just has he's just so nifty. He's such has so many ways to score. Was really assisted based early, but he's really grown to score on his own. So Clark's just looking phenomenal, man. Um, the scoring has really added to his upside with a lot of defensive stats earlier in the season. Obviously efficient. He just looks so freaking good. Like we knew this kind of in summer league that like this guy winning the MVP, he's gonna be really, 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 really good, and he is. So the only real negative on his value right now is just the back to back rest. We saw that prior to the injury so that's gonna suck but yeah um you know he's again like kind of a buy low player but again you're no one who drafted him is gonna trade him at less than what he's worth like this it's it's just there's guys that are if you're sharp and there's a lot of guys who are you know only sharp people draft like brandon clark's one of those guys like a guy the guy in your league pretty i'd probably bet the person has brandon clark in your league's probably doing pretty well not just because of him this because someone who drafts clark knows the deal they follow summer league they follow him playing well in the preseason like again there's just a lot of reasons why they drafted him you had to draft him high and he's been good so there you go anyways uh the other big takeaway was solomon hill eating into jaron jackson jr's minutes hardcore foul trouble but jackson jr didn't play down the stretch with solomon hill playing i think the whole fourth so annoying. Clark did close, played over Valachunas, played really well despite the plus-minus stuff. But, yeah, uh, I think they're boosting his trade value because they just find minutes to play Hill somehow. And we know Crowder's going to get minutes and he's going to get traded. Like, there's no doubt Crowder's going to get traded at the deadline uh, with the Grizzlies really not playing too well. They're playing, you know, well enough for their fun. We love watching the Grizzlies, right? They're one of my favorite teams to watch. Uh, they've had some, you know, big wins at times. 
But um, anyways, yeah, you're not worried about Jaron Jackson Jr. The last like ten or so games, even with Dallas units in the lineup, him playing well is huge because earlier in the season. His splits with and without Valachunas were ridiculous. So for him to play well with Valachunas next to him over multiple game sample, love to see it. I think Jackson Jr. is going to be pretty good. I don't think he's going to be, you know, maybe second round good, like my colleague Jonas Nader would say. But I still think he's going to be top 50-ish, maybe top 35, maybe top 25 if all things work out and they do unload everyone. But still, Clark's not going away. He's going to take minutes. Um, and unless, well, if Valachunas gets hurt, that's, I guess I've said this like multiple times. If Valachunas gets hurt, then uh, Jackson Jr.'s upside's really unlocked there. But the other takeaway I thought was DeAnthony Melton playing pretty much straight two, or not pretty much, like he is a straight two right now. He's only played four, 0.4 minutes next to Dylan Brooks over the last two games, so that's really their one two or their two two punch with Morant and Tyus Jones being the one one punch. Tyus Jones hasn't played well, so. I mean, maybe Melton kind of fits into the, I guess, bench Eric Gordon role where he's subbing in for the one and the two with the two top guards staggering away from each other. Like, maybe that's possible. Uh, said this multiple times. They traded for him. Obviously not Josh Jackson, who's in the G League. So they want to play this guy. Um, we saw Taylor Jenkins talk about him being more of a one and two. So... They played him at the straight one when Morant was hurt. Played him at the straight two now. Hey, do them both at the same time, right? So uh, a guy who's, you know, kind of deep leaguey. Um, he's owned it. I think he's owning like almost every league I have, whether it's mostly because it's me or Jonas <laughs> Nader um, who has him. So uh, I'm a little bit skewed. He's pretty under owned from where I've seen him. But again, again, like I say, it's your leagues are different. I play in a lot of different leagues. And uh, I know my opponents very well. They know me extremely well, so it's, it's tough. Uh, shout out to uh, a fellow league owner who beat me to Boucher. Like, he picked up Boucher. In the only league I don't have Boucher uh, for their decent stakes. Uh, he beat me to the wire on him. He's like, he, he tweeted me. He's like, yep, I knew you were gunning for him. And I was waiting for the, the details, but uh, he picked him up, like, right as Gasol was going to the locker room. But point is... You know your league better than uh, all of us fantasy analysts do, so if you're just going through the motions and knowing who the upside guys are who fit your roster, you're going to be just fine. So, anyways, uh, that's kind of it for that. We can move on. I really don't have much for Orlando and Denver other than Jonathan Isaac. Looks like he avoided injury, had some kind of cramping issue, tightness issue for his glute and his hamstring. So it sounds like he's okay off the injury report. That's good. Um, Yeah, so kind of is what it is there. Uh, Jokic has really played very well lately since we kind of hammered him, but yeah, um, yeah, Jokic has been great. Um, so be awesome to see, you know, um, Millsap's back. Um, Jamal Murray was fantastic on Wednesday. So yeah, we kind of know what's up here. Uh, I still think I would hold on to Jeremy Grant with Millsap back. I think Millsap's going to get managed eventually. They want to play Michael Porter Jr. Denver, as Zach Lowe had kind of said, they may be looking to make some trades, so it's kind of tough just because Denver has so many good players in their team that it's going to be really tough to count on waiver wire pickups after their starting five, you know, really besides Grant, you're pretty, if you have Grant, which is a good bet to make, you're betting 34 year old Paul Millsap misses time. Um, but yeah, that's kind of is what it is. 
Celtics uh, injuries here. Sounds like Gordon Hayward will be okay. If he's not, uh, I think Brad Wanamaker is going to be the guy to get minutes. Uh, played late down the stretch in this game. We saw Romeo Linker check in ahead of him, which was kind of stunning to me. Uh, Grant Williams saw minutes as well. But um, Jalen Brown has just been, he smashes like every time Hayward misses games, I feel like. Um, so he's just been a guy who I've never drafted and probably won't even after this year. But he has just been, there's been a lot of guys who I don't draft who have been pretty good. <laughs> like Brandon Ingram, I would never draft. And he's been amazing. Like uh, I didn't really buy Luca. Like that's been a massive, massive loss. Um, for how good Luca has been this year, just because he was su- supremely inefficient last year, but just insane. Uh, speaking of him, really nothing else to add. And oh my God, Kemba Walker, man! Like I, he's so good. Uh, I I got him in a lot of leagues, uh, and he's just unreal, man. Um, to- total smash spot if you took him. Some people took him in the third round. Like, oh my god! Like, you totally nailed that pick in the third round. Kemba's just not going anywhere. So hot in December. Kemba's just the man. Um, but yeah, and, and Zach Lowe added that they may be looking for a center. So I don't know if they're like waiting for Robert Williams to come back or whatever it is. But all that talk of the center discussion makes it interesting to see what they will do. But and he also mentioned just quickly. Like, Marcus Smart would have to go. And, I mean, you think about how they built this team and where they're focusing their draft capital and their bench and this and that and who they've signed. Oh, so many signs point to them trying to trade Marcus Smart, right? Like, why do you draft Carson Edwards? Why do you draft Romeo Langford? Why do you draft all these dudes? Why is Brad Wanamaker playing well? Like, Marcus Smart is super expendable. So, you know, keep an eye out on that, right? Um, maybe we, we don't really know what else would be tied into it. If it was a big deal, like if they want to trade Robert Williams, saw reports that he's pretty much untouchable, but yeah, it, it, the Celtics are, the Celtics are definitely one of those teams where they feel like they're one or two pieces away from, or maybe even one from competing with the Bucks and the Bucks aren't, you know, unbeatable. They've had a couple losses here and there. So, you know, not, not totally, or, or one loss, sorry. Um, but yeah, the Bucks are really good. Anyways, uh, Mavericks still kind of sorting out the Lucas stuff, but for now it looks like Jalen Brunson's the guy. Did not close though. That was interesting. Uh, we saw Delon Wright checking for him. Seth Curry was hot. They were trailing, so that kind of made sense. So it's really those three guys kind of soaking up that value. I think all three are probably worth owning in 12-teamers. Um, I still think Wright is the guy I would take. Uh, maybe it's taken him minutes to get going, but you're pretty much banking on the steals upside here. But Seth Curry's in Fuego. Last four, I think he's at 20 per game. Big three numbers. Just been really, really good. They're going to probably play from behind without Luka in more games than not, so that's going to help. Uh, I feel like had they been winning against Boston, maybe they would have been not playing Curry as much. So he's a little bit matchup dependent, but yeah, kind of is what it is. Porzingis has... has I think like a six or seven usage rate boost without Luca, so he has a bit bigger nightly game upside as well. <sighs> All right, last game on Wednesday, Golden State. Uh, I think Damian Lee's really kind of emerged as a deep league pickup here. Jacob Evans has kind of faded after that big kind of show me game he had last week, but uh, Damian Lee, you know, guy who was can pass, plays off the wing really well, can get his own shot. A lot of things you want to see. So I think Damian Lee's, despite the one of seven shooting on Wednesday. I think he's really the guy I'd want to add of your Jacob Evans and Jordan Pools and 
that elk. Um, you know, I would rather own obviously Alec Burks, obviously Glenn Robinson, and obviously Russell. But after that, I think that's the guy I would target. Uh, he plays on Friday and he's off for two days, so that's probably a stream, see what's up, and then drop it and stream it. Um, but yeah, like what I've seen out of him. Uh, Blazers, Kent Bazemore's still really been underwhelming. Does have four games this week, so he's got a couple more here. Um, you know, if he doesn't do anything in his next two, you know, definitely a guy I would drop. I would easily, easily, easily drop him for Boucher. So. That's uh, kind of where we're at there. Don't really need to talk about too much here. You guys know the deal with Draymond. No deal with Russell. Um, it sounds like uh, Woj had said that Russell's going to stay as a warrior. So that's something to watch there. Okay, so who didn't we talk about? I know we didn't talk about the Pacers. I had highlighted Aaron Holiday in my Thursday column. I love Aaron Holiday. He has a team high plus 28 net rating, I believe, in the last five games uh really since that Kemba Walker game when they shut when he shut him down in the fourth he just looked tremendous um plus Jeremy Lamb's hurt so Aaron Holiday is just um uh, again one of the most under-owned players in the league um doesn't really assist much but I think the Steelers could be there pretty good shot um you know he's pretty good scorer too and he's been insanely hot lately so um really check 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 on positions you want to add um Justin Holiday's worth a look. Doug McDermott, if you're desperate, uh, that's kind of it there. Uh, didn't talk about the Knicks. I think Alfred Payton's carved out a role where you could trust him. Uh, I don't love him. Like I would drop him for Boucher, but um, he looks like the guy. Uh, Frank Nealakina has been kind of okay the last couple, but um, Alfred Payton, um, we've seen Mike Miller really talk him up the last couple games, or the last three or four games, specifically when they won um, the two road games, um, he liked what he saw out of Alfred. I think that covers the West Eastern Conference teams that we didn't hit. Yeah, and then the Suns, man. Aiton hurt again. Um, and oh my god, uh, James Jones had basically said, I'm paraphrasing, like, Aiton is what he is. And it's basically saying, like, okay, we know we didn't pick Luca. We're sorry, but we have DeAndre Aiton now. It's okay. So I just thought that that was just an interesting quote. Like, like it's it's so we usually always try to make snap judgments. You know, five minutes after a pick, five games after a pick, fantasy too. But like, does anybody in the wide world of sports think that the Suns should have actually taken eight and over Luca right now? Like, it's just like, oh my god. After one year, and like Aiton's played what two games in his second season, and they're already like, oh, well, we lost this move, okay, so uh, time to hit the old dusty trail here. But yeah, um, obviously that, that, especially when they had the, his coach, his Slovenian coach, man, Igor Kukoskov, like what the hell? But uh, yeah, all right. So uh, I don't want to end on anything bad, but I guess that's where we're at. Um, check out my column. I think I covered over pretty much everybody that was written in there. But again, it's pretty much open season on adding your Raptors. And I mentioned it in the column too, man. Just like stashing is so difficult to talk about on a case-by-case basis. You have to know your league. You have to know your opponents. You have to know what they're going to do. And just focus on that. Um, you know, if it's a stream-heavy league, you know, maybe stream them, hold them. Uh, and as we've really said all along here, don't, uh, and again, 
I take I, let me take that back just quickly. I used to play in leagues where I would just and you guys a lot of you guys listening to this are probably like that too. And I'm not talking down. I don't and I realize I may sound smug sometimes, but like if you're in those leagues where you just coast to the playoffs, that's cool. I used to be in I used to be in leagues like that. But like if you're not, don't like sit back don't just like expect you're gonna get in the playoffs. You know, a lot of things could go wrong. You wanna put yourself in the best position. But really up until you know, February first when we have a good feel for who teams are, who which teams want to trade, which teams want to trade for, all this and that, then you know you can start stashing more. Again, unless you're in one of those leagues where you know you're going to make the playoffs, then you know start looking at playoff schedules, doing all the things you need to do to prepare yourself to be in better position. Check out back-to-backs, check out good teams in back-to-backs, you guys, all these things that you want to factor into nowadays, uh, especially if your season goes until mid-April. Uh, tax day is when the season ends this year. So, you know, just kind of keep those things in mind. But um, every league, I say this a million times, every league is different. Just know your league, know who the hot players are, and you'll be chilling. So, been a while since I did one of these kind of marathon solo pods. I hope you guys enjoyed. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. And we will be back before the new year on the Friday pod. And can't wait. This is uh, one of my favorite times of the year with a lot of going on here. So, you guys... Enjoy the holidays, and we'll catch you next time. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.